On the evening of August 3rd, 2010, Irving Azoff, whose role as chief executive officer of Ticketmaster had recently expanded following an industry-altering merger that furnished the new title of Live Nation Executive Chairman, bypassed the company's publicity firm to offer his first direct message to ticket buyers via the social networking service Twitter. Azoff's comments fell in the midst of what looked to be the most miserable U.S. summer concert season on record. Weak ticket sales had forced the cancellation of numerous high-profile performances, starting with a series of stadium shows by Azoff's longtime management client, the Eagles, on a bill with country superstars the Dixie Chicks and Keith Urban. In the weeks that followed, a number of recession-proof acts did the same, as the Jonas Brothers, Rihanna, and Lilith Fair all canceled multiple dates. Limp Biscuit scrapped its U.S. amphitheater tour, and Christina Aguilera soon followed suit, citing prior commitments. Even the annual American Idol's live outing, which had blown out tickets in prior years, was forced to scale back its itinerary, dropping seven shows and rescheduling many others. Entertainment reporters and Wall Street pundits alike took particular interest in the flagging amphitheater sales figures, since most of these sheds were under the control of Live Nation. The summer of 2010 represented the first official go-round for the blended company after the government had approved the union of the world's largest live event promoter, Live Nation, with the world's largest ticketing agency, Ticketmaster, which had recently acquired the world's largest artist management firm, Azov's Frontline. The Department of Justice's ruling had been preceded by nearly 11 months of inquiry and two congressional hearings. In February 2009, shortly after the corporations announced their intent to unite, Azov had been summoned to Capitol Hill in a moment that echoed former Ticketmaster CEO Fred Rosen's 1994 appearance before Congress in the wake of a public dust-up with Pearl Jam. However, unlike the earlier inquiry, which in many respects resulted from the fight over a nickel, by 2009, billions of nickels were in play. As a result, both the House Subcommittee on Antitrust and the House Subcommittee on Courts and Competition Policy elected to weigh in on the matter. Ultimately, though, that fell to the Obama White House and his Department of Justice to determine whether to block the merger as an illegal restraint of trade. The federal government eventually granted its permission over the strident objections of opponents, who charged that the mega-company would raise prices and inhibit the development of new musical artists. By August 2010, a growing segment of the financial community began offering its own criticism, as initial optimism regarding the prospects of live nation entertainment was falling in tandem with the rate of ticket sales. Over the course of the summer, the company had taken a series of increasingly desperate measures to draw audiences into its amphitheaters. Package deals that offered coupons for a free soda and a hot dog gave way to mid-June's no-services-fees promotion, which proclaimed, Your summer concert tickets at Live Nation amphitheaters now have no-service fees. Even as an asterisk qualified, Parking, shipping, and other non-service fee costs may apply. In late July, the company instituted a $10 ticket program, which dropped prices even lower, scrambling to achieve a short-term financial benefit 
that led some prior ticket holders to grouse about their decision to purchase seats during initial sales at much greater expense.